0: Live. Hey, it's Mike At Adams. It's nothing but the truth. My journey to find it. It is uh, twelve four, allegedly 2016. And uh, yeah, I probably I don't know if I'll do much more of the perusing thing uh, after a 250. How many pages did I actually read? 280 pages of it pretty much convinced me that uh, the immediacy of the second coming of Christ. And uh, so I'm going to go down a path called um, biblical errancy. And uh Dennis McKinsey, who no longer is here, he wrote an encyclopedia, that's a 1,500-page book, Of all the the errors they found in the Bible. Issue number one, January 1983, Commentary. A. One of the most important concepts of Christianity is our original sin or the belief that all mankind has inherited a sinful nature brought about by the acts of Adam and Eve. Uh, Romans 5.12 Wherefore, as by one man's sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Romans 5.19 For as one man's disobedience many were made sinners. First Corinthians fifteen twenty two for as in Adam all die. Yet no amount of theological reasoning can make an inherently unjust idea seem right, pushing billions of people for the acts or excuse me, punishing billions of people for the acts of one. Expand this a little bit. I think I'm going to do something here. Hopefully, it works. I'll sit back and read this. It's a PDF, so. Yeah, I know. People say, well, how can you be a guy? You're believing in Christ and all that and believing in all this stuff and just, just like that and turn like that? Well, I just want to know the truth. Even if it uh, makes me very unpopular. And um, I lose more friends in Christ. So, you know, we're going to look at this man, his reasoning behind things, how he sees things, and see who sounds who sounds saner, who sounds more um, sincere, who seems more uh, really un Cut their neck together and get my coffee going here. I'm super tired, as usual. have a heck of a time with fatigue and, once again, still being single father. But yeah, uh, just really just tired. Well, I got to keep pushing. Got to keep on growing, even if it's very uncomfortable and very unenjoyable. Yeah, we live in a world where we promote and push and believe in one lie after another, don't we? Not too many of us are innocent. Yeah, back to Perusia by. Uh, James Russell, I mean, it's so self-evident, after 226 pages of defense, <clears throat> defending uh, the immediacy of the second coming of Christ, That <laughs> that's what it was saying all along, but you and I just didn't see it. Audience relevancy. Who was, who was talking and who were they talking to? So anyway, see it, no amount of theological reasoning can make an inherently unjust idea seem right. Push, punishing billions of people for the acts of one is not only inherently unfair and unwarranted, but also in opposition of other biblical verses, such as Deuteronomy twenty-four sixteen: The fathers shall not be put to death for the children... Neither shall the children be put to death for the fathers. Second Corinthians twenty five fifty four. Every man shall be put to death for his own sin. And then um, there's Second Kings
1: fourteen
0: six. Ezekiel eighteen twenty, and the souls that sinneth, it shall die. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Son, shall not breathe iniquity of the Father, neither shall the Father bear iniquity of the Son. The righteousness of right, uh, the righteous shall be upon him, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him. Ezekiel 33, 20. O ye house of Israel, I will judge you, every one, after his ways. Um, It's like Jeremiah 31, 29 and 30. In those days they shall say, No more the fathers have eaten the sour grapes, and the children's teeth are set on the edge. But every one shall die for his own iniquity, and every man that eateth the sour grapes, his teeth shall be set on edge. Romans two six. Who will render to every man according to his deeds? Ezekiel 18.4 The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Each of these verses show that every person should only be punished for those sins which he commits not though not not those of others original sin makes about as much sense as if I were sitting at home one evening and the following occurred the police came to my door and stated I was under arrest because my father in Europe just shot and killed someone I responded by asking what that had to do with me And they said, he's your father, isn't he? B, another false conception held by many Christians is that the Bible is without contradictions. Few beliefs are more er erroneous. For this reason, contradictory statements will be highlighted. Not only in this issue of biblical heresy but all those that follow. The following examples are only a fraction of those that could be mentioned. Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. 1 Kings 8.46, For there is no man that sinneth not. 2 Corinthians 6.36, and then there's nothing there for that one, so but I must face similar somewhere that of course, I could look that up. Maybe I should just a strike the argument. do I also turn on the fan. <laughs> it's hot <clears throat> <clears throat> Sorry, if you hear the fan in the background. But it's hot. It's hot in here. you got to keep the heat on because my son, his room is, gets so cold. The second Corinthians or Chronicles is probably what it is, not Corinthians. I mean, it is. This does not uh make me this is not I'm not enjoying this <laughs> this is this wild mole coral crow seems so like the only thing that I've learned definitively is that I don't live in a ball traveling spinning at eleven hundred miles an hour and traveling sixty six point six six thousand miles in space around the sun. So yeah, that can't be that must be Chronicles. Alright. Well I'm definitely gonna be learning a lot here, aren't I? Hopefully you will as well. Maybe you'll get something out of this as well. And if you don't, well I understand. I'm not at war with anybody there are my brothers in Christ, which probably will not find me their brother in Christ after a month. <laughs> but, you know, I just want to know the truth. I'm going to be able to think straight the best my, that I can under my circumstances, though. So. Well, here we go. 36. If they sin against thee, for there is no man which sin... Is not, And I'll be angry with them, and deliver them over before their enemies, and they carry them away captive into the land of far off or near. Whatever that means. If I sin against thee, if they sin against thee, for there is no man which sinneth not and I'll be angry with them and deliver them over before their enemies and carry them away to captivity unto the land far off or near. Yet if they bethink themselves in the land, whether they are carried captive, and turn and pray unto thee in the land of their captivity, saying, We have sinned and we have done amiss and uh, wickedly. If they return to thee with all their heart, with all their soul in the land of their captivity, whether they have carried them captive, and pray towards the land, their land, which thou givest unto their fathers, towards the cities which thou hast chosen, and towards the house which I have built for thy name. Then hear thou from heavens, even from thy dwelling place. Their prayers and their supplications, and maintain their cause and forgive thy people, which have sinned against thee now, my God, let me beseech thee, thine eyes, be open, and let thine ears be attentive unto the prayer that is made in this place now, therefore, rise, O Lord, into thy resting place thou an ark of the strength, and let thy priests, O Lord God, be clothed with salvation, and let thy saints rejoice in goodness. O Lord God, turn not away the face of thine anointed. Remember the mercy of David, thy servant. Proverbs two uh, nine Who can say I have made my heart clean? I am pure from my sin Colise Astix uh, uh, seven twenty three for there is not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not <clears throat> Mark eight excuse me Mark ten eighteen. And <clears throat> Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one that is God. But Jesus is God. And Romans three ten, as it is written, There is no righteous, no not one. Also first John one eight and ten and Romans uh three twelve, 5, 12 and Galatians three twenty-two verses Genesis 6-9 Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation and Noah walked with the Lord. So There was a man, this is Job 1-1, on the land of Oz whose name was Job. That man was perfect and upright one that feared God and eschewed evil. Job 1-8 My servant, that there is none like him on the earth a perfect upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. In uh, Genesis one seven, the Lord said unto Noah, Come, thou and all thy house, and the ark; for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. <clears throat> so the contradiction here is, and something I noticed too of my readings is. You have verse after verse saying, none is righteous. None is good. And then you're hearing out that there is good. Don't forget John the Baptist's uh, father, parents. Luke 1, 5, 6. In one, in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, there was a prince named Zechariah of the divi, uh, division of Ab Abai Abia. Abai, Abai, excuse me, Abia, and he had a wife, of uh, the daughters of Aaron. Her name was Elizabeth, and they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. Uh, another clear contradiction concerns whether or not God repents. Uh, norm, numbers twenty three nineteen. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the Son of Man that he should repent. In first Samuel fifteen twenty nine. And also the strength of Israel will not lie nor repent, for he is not a man that he should repent. Verses Jonah 3.10. And God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them, and he did it not. 1 Samuel 15:11. It repenteth me that I have set up Saul to be king. Exodus 32:14. And the Lord repented of evil which he thought to do unto the people. And Psalms 42:10. For I repent of the evil that I have done unto you. And well, there you go. Gee, God and the Lord does evil to people. So. Anybody says he doesn't so any verses that say he does. Genesis six, six and it repented the Lord that he had made men on the earth, and it grieved him in his heart. First Samuel fifteen thirty five, and the Lord repented that he had made Saul king over Israel. Now, D one final contradiction is worthy of note. It concerns the question of whether or not God's face has been seen. In John 1.18, No man hath seen the God at any time. Exodus 33.11, And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. John 6.46, Not any man hath seen the Father, save he which is of God. He hath seen the Father. First John 4.12, no man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us; His love is perfected in us. Verses Genesis thirty-two thirty. Jacob called the name of the place uh, Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Exodus thirty-three, and the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. Numbers fourteen fourteen that thou Lord art seen face to face. In Job forty two five, I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeeth thee. Deuteronomy thirty four ten and there arose not a prophet since in Israel like unto Moses. Whom the Lord knew face to face, Deuteronomy five four. The Lord talketh, or talked with you face to face. Also Psalms sixty three two, Isaiah six one, Isaiah six five, Amos seven seven and eight, Ezekiel twenty thirty five, Exodus twenty four nine and ten. Reviews. In the April of uh, 1982, Zander Van Publishing House issued one of the most comprehensive writings in the recent memory uh, to justify biblical fallacies. Entitled An Encyclopedia of Biv- Biblical Difficulties, the promotion campaign by Christian Readers News describes it as a work which, quote, exhaustively studies Every difficult passage in the Bible, from Genesis to um, from Genesis to Revelation, this is erroneous. As this issue of biblical erroneous um, errancy and those that follow will show, for example, the author Gleason Archer, a, a professor at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School, either explained how. We could all be victims of original sin because the deeds of one nor have Noah could be perfect if we all sinned. Incidentally, it is always interesting to note the terminology employed by biblical apologists with respect to contradictions. They are rare they are rarely referred to to as contradictions per se. Such words as difficulties, discrepancies, distractions, and problem. A fair, far more evident than contradictions, fallacies, and falsehoods, using the former denotes an obvious attempt to minimize inconsistencies. A minor discrepancy sounds far less serious than a contradiction. E. What then are Gleason Archer's explanations for the above-mentioned contradictions in regard to the problems of God's repentance? He offers the following, quote, It is a mistake to infer from this God's omnificence are omnificent that he is incapable of emotions and reactions to willful depravity of his creatures, patient eighty. <clears throat> okay. One see here, if the word repent means anything, it it, it says I somehow made a mistake, not that I merely regret the results of my actions. I went down the wrong road. If you regret the outcome, you are also saying, I wish I had done something else. But even if repent is restricted to the very narrow sense of emotion and remorse, the fact remains that God does not repent in any sense first samuel fifteen twenty nine and numbers twenty three nineteen make this quite clear whether he is sorrowful or not is irrelevant. God does not repent period Apologists use the phrase universally when it suits their purpose but in a restricted sense when it is obviously wrong to apply the broad sense after saying God could repent in a sorrowful or emotional sense, Archer states, yet when it comes to his announced covenant purposes towards his covenant people, God is indeed incapable of repentance, end of quote. But there is no evidence of such a distinction in Scripture. In Numbers 23, 19 and 1 Samuel fifteen twenty-nine, says that God does not repent, they do not say this applies only to those situations which involved his uh, announced covenant purposes towards quote his covenant people in the court archer has inserted a provision which clearly nowhere in evidence which clearly nowhere in evidence In grouping for a way out of this quagmire, Archer has grasped at two straws. (coughs) Readers are free to choose either. Quote, repent, in a quote, is only meant in an anthropomorphic sense or God does not repent. Quote, when it comes to his announced covenant purposes, towards his people in quote there is not a not the slightest evidence for either assumption F with respect to seeing God's face Archer says quote the Bible draws a clear distinction between gazing on God and his unveiled glory and beholding a repentive, a representative or reflection of God Then one, the issue concerns whether or not God's face is seen, not whether His glory or His mere reflection is viewed. Archer has reframed and rewritten the problem. Exodus 33:11 and Genesis 33:32,30 clearly say God's face was seen, not a representation. Two, the Bible draws no distinction in these verses between His glory. And mere reflection, Archer has artificially created a a difference which does not exist. He is trying to escape from the problem by admitting a reflection of God was seen, but not his essence, his glory. Archer continues, quote, John 1.18 declares, no man has seen God at any time. That is his full glory uh, as creator and Sovereign of all the universe. 1 John one eighteen says nothing about His full glory as Creator and Sovereign of all the universe. There is no such proviso, not even implicitly. Archer then says, quote, We behold the face of God by faith as we look to Christ. He who has seen me has seen the Father, John fourteen nine. God therefore showed his face and declared his glory through his Son, who was God incarnate. First... Um, that looks like... I, I think that's a one... Yes, the Bible does say men see God through Jesus, but it also says God is seen face to face. The latter is prominent also. The Bible nowhere states that one excludes the other. Archers proceeds, quote, God shows his face through an angel, as as, as at the interview with Moses at the burning bush. Exodus three verses two through six, or else through his glory cloud. The Bible clearly states that Moses, in Exodus thirty three eleven, and Jacob, and uh, Genesis thirty two thirty, saw God face to face, not through an angel in the quote, or through his glory cloud in the quote. Archer Archer is guilty of recitationism. Re, or excuse me, insertationism, the unwarranted and unstantiated insertion of words into biblical verses to escape contradictions and a mistake. Archer chose a bad example for his perspective when he used Exodus 3, 2 through 6. It says, quote, And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon the God. How then could he have seen God's face through an angel or otherwise? He adds, We are therefore to understand that Yahweh met with Moses and talked to him in some glorious representation that fell short of a full unveiling of his face. In that sense, he talked Moses face to face. One again, Exodus 33:11 and Genesis 32:30 30 says face to face, and not in some glorious representation that fell short of the full unveiling of His face. And finally, Archer falsely alleges in Exodus 33:18, Moses asked to see the very face of God. This verse states that Moses asked to see God's glory, not his face. They are not not identical. God did not deny this request, as uh, verse 19 shows, but stated in verse 20 uh, in the RSV that it would not extend to revealing his face. Issue number two, february nineteen eighty three Resurrection. Among those beliefs critical to Christianity, few are, are greater of, of few are of greater importance than that of the resurrection. Paul went so far as to allege the very foundation of Christianity rests upon its occurrence. In first Corinthians fifteen fourteen quote and if Christ be not risen, then our preaching vain, then our preaching is vain, right, and our faith is also vain first corinthians fifteen seventy also yet why should the resurrection be such be of such significance? elijah raised a raised a child from the dead and first kings. Seventeen and seventeen, 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 and twenty-one and twenty-two. Samuel said to Saul, "Why hast thou disqu- disquieted me to bring me?" First Samuel, twenty-eight, seven, verses seven, verses eleven, fifteen. Elisha raised the dead son of. Shu shuna shu a Shunamite or something like that. Uh 2 Kings 4:32 34 through 35 A dead man being lowered into a grave revived when he touched the bones of Elisha. And 2 Kings 13:21 Moses and Elijah revived at, at the time of the transfiguration. In Luke 9, 28 and 30, the saints arose at the time of Jesus' death, Matthew 27, 52 to 53. Jairus' daughter rose from the dead in Matthew 9, 18, 23 to 25. The widow at Nain's son rose from the dead. Luke 7, 11 through 15, Lazarus rose from the dead. John 11:43 and 44. All these people ascended from death and all did so before Jesus. So why attribute so much importance to the event? By the time Christ rose from the dead, this was a rather common occurrence moreover people, not only before Christ, but after as well, Peter raised Tabitha, and Paul raised Eutychus. Uticus. I guess I pronounced it. It's E-U-T-Y-C-H-U-S. E-U-T-Y-C-H-U-S. Eutychus. While participating in a radio call pro, call-in program several years ago. The author was told by a caller that, except for Jesus, all of the above-mentioned people eventually died again. But Paul clearly asserted, it's the resurrection, per se, that matters, not the fact that Jesus never died again. The caller was asked to cite a passage to justify his, con- con- his contention, and there was no reply. The second major difficulty associated with the resurrection lies in the contradictory accounts in the four Gospels of of what occurred. The following represents some of the major disagreements surrounding the event connected to the resurrection. A. At what time in the morning did the women visit the tomb? At the rise of the sun, Mark eight sixteen two verses when it was yet dark John twenty one B who came Mary Magdalene alone John twenty one versus Mary Magdalene and other and the other Mary in Matthew twenty one versus Mary Magdalene Mary the mother of James and Salem in Matthew twenty one. Sixty-one verses. Mary Magdalene, Jonah, or Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and other women in Luke twenty-four ten. See, was the was the tomb open or closed when they arrived? Open in Luke twenty-four two verses. Closed in Matthew twenty-eight verses one and two. When did they see see at the tomb? what did whom did they see at the tomb? The angel Matthew twenty eight two versus a young man in Mark sixteen five versus two men in Luke twenty four four versus two angels uh, John twenty eleven and twelve. E. were these men or angels inside or outside the tomb. Outside Matthew twenty eight two versus inside Mark sixteen five, Luke twenty four verses three and four and John twenty eleven twelve. F were there were they standing or sitting? Standing Luke twenty four four versus sitting in Matthew twenty eight two and Mark sixteen five and John twenty twelve. G did Mary Magdalene know Jesus when he first appeared to her. Yes, she did in Matthew 28 verses. No, she did not in John 20 verse 12 verse 14, excuse me. If the stories were consistent one could write one long continuous narrative incorporating all four versions without fear of divergency Divergencies. Yet this has never been done without adding, altering or omitting key verses. Apologists have submitted the witness at the of an auto accident argument which is quite irrelevant since two diametrically opposed and mutually exclusive versions of the same event cannot be simultaneously accurate. One or the other is false. Moreover, witnesses at an accident, unlike gospel writers, are not claiming inerrancy. Thomas Paine summarized the relationship between the gospel quite well. It is, I believe, impossible to find any story upon record so many and such glaring absurdities, contradictions, and falsehoods as are in the books Matthew Mark Luke and John they are more numerous and striking than I had any expectation of finding when I began this examination and the quote age of reason of Thomas Paine 167 the third major problem connected with the resurrection lies and the fact that even if Jesus had risen, nobody is going to follow his example. Ecclesiastes uh, 3.19-21, R.S.V., quote, For the fate of the sons of men, and the fate of the beast is the same. As one dies, so dies the other. man has no advantage. Preeminence... And KGV over beasts. that All go to one place. All are from the dust, and all return to the dust again. Who knows whether the spirit of man goes upward, and the spirit of beast goes down to the earth? End of quote. Job seven, verses nine and ten. First Timothy six fifteen and sixteen. Isaiah twenty six fourteen say. As much. Robert Ingersoll, one of the greatest biblical commentators in American history, spoke wisely when he said, Quote, the Old Testament tells us how we lose immortality. It does not say a word about other another world. From the first mistake in Genesis to the last curse of Malachi, no man in the Old Old Testament stands by the Well, it uh, looks like it lost about five minutes or it's a drop. It's kind of getting snowy and icy out. Or maybe it's a topic. I got a feeling what I'm doing here is going to agitate more people than anything. <laughs> it's one thing to say that the politics is all fixed and it's rigged. It's another thing to say the Earth is most likely a plane and not a ball. And it's another thing to even bring up stuff about um how the government, you know, ISIS and how they operated false flags and staged events with way of mind control. Another thing to start pointing out, all the the, the errors, the errancy of the Bible. This is not going to make anybody happy. The last person this is making happy is me. Did I, um, in many ways, are confused now and don't know what to think? So, well, I know was, there was, I had these experiences. I know uh, what I went through. Was it just uh, always all just psychosomatic? Is it all just because of the great stress I've been under? I mean, I've been under incredible stress. Let's put it this way most guys in my position would end end it it's just going to be worth it you know you know they have a lot some that they love you know they just like they might be better off if you weren't even around you know and to see your dad as a failure and a cripple and everything else oh. john 7 nine ten and first timothy six fifteen through 16 isaiah 24 uh, 14 says as much which uh Robert Ingersoll, the greatest biblical commentators in American history, spoke wisely when he said, the Old Testament tells us how we lose immortality. It does not say a word about another world. For the first mistake in Genesis to the last curse in Malachi, no man in the Old Testament stands by the dead and says, well, we'll meet again. From the top of Sinai came no hope of another world. Orthodoxy, Ingersoll's Works, Volume 2, 424. Lastly, uh, others participated in even more monumentous monumentous events. Adam was never born again with uh, Jensen 127. He came into the world as a full-grown adult. Enoch, in Genesis 5, 22-24, and Elijah, in Second Kings 2, 11, never died. The latter went straight to heaven, which incidentally contradicts Hebrews 9, 27, which says, and it is appointed upon men to die once. It also contradicts, John was it 311 or 3 something like that 312 or something 3 in that area. In fact, what did Jesus ever do that had not already been accomplished? He rose from the dead, but only after others. He performed miracles, but so had others. He raised people from the dead, but so had Old Testament prophets. He healed, but so had others. What then did Jesus do that was different, that had not already been done, or already been, or, yeah, uh, plainly stated, quote, what makes him stand out from the crowd, In a quote, thousands have claimed to be savior, the, the Savior, so what are the acts that substantiate his credentials? Assertions alone prove nothing. Anyone can claim to be the Messiah, and thousands have. Jesus, the imperfect beacon. For 2,000 years, Christians have alleged that Jesus of Nazareth is God incarnate, the sinless being, the embodiment of perfection. 1 Peter 2.22 Who did no sin, neither was God, guile found in his mouth. Isaiah 53, 9. He made his grave with the wicked in which the rich in his death because he had done no violence neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet the New Testament has many statements and acts of acts by Jesus which prove the contrary. He like Paul repeatedly Made false statements and inaccurate prophecies. Here are just a few examples in John seven eight through ten to KGV. Go ye up to the feast. This feast, I go not up yet until unto this feast, for my time is not yet full come. When he had said these words unto them, he abode still in Galilee. But when his brethren were gone up. Then went he also up unto the feast, not openly but as it were in secret and John seven ten through uh, eight through ten a r s v go to the festival yourselves. I am not going to the festival for my time has not yet been f- fully come. After saying this, he remained in Galilee, but after his brothers had gone to the festival, then he also went, not publicly, but as it were, in private. Jesus broke his promise, word by going up secretly after saying he wouldn't. <clears throat> B. In John thirteen thirty-eight, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The cock shall crow, not crow, till the... Thou, Peter, hast denied me thrice. And yet, what actually occurred is shown in Mark 14, verses 66-68. Quote, And as Peter was beneath the palace, there cometh one of the maidens of the high priest, and when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked upon him and said, And thou also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But he denied, saying, I know not, neither understand I what you saith. And he went out into the porch and the cock crew. According to Jesus' prophecy, the cock was not to speak until after the third denial, not after the first. See, Jesus told the thief on the cross in Luke 23, 43, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. This prophecy could not have been kept unless Jesus had unless Jesus went to heaven that day, in which he in which case he would not have been buried for three days. Indeed, Jesus told a man in Mark eight thirty four, Whosoever will come after me and let him deny himself and take up the cross to follow me. This statement was made early in his ministry, yet the cross could not have become a Christian symbol until after the crucifixion. There would be nothing to pick up this utterance would have made no sense whatever to a man being to the man being addressed e in matthew five twenty two he said Quote, but whosoever shall say, thou fool, shall be in danger of hellfire, and a quote. Yet Jesus repeated, repeatedly called people fools in Matthew 23, 17 19, ye fools and blind, and Luke 11, 40, ye fools. F, in Matthew, Jesus said in Matthew 12, 40, for as Jonas was three days and three nights in the belly in the well's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the earth heart of the earth. Matthew fifteen thirty-seven and fifteen forty-two shows show Jesus died on the day before the Sabbath, which would be Friday, or it could be a Wednesday, depending on how you look at it. Mark <clears throat> sixty nine and Matthew twenty 20- one shows he allegedly rose sometime during Saturday night or Sunday morning. Friday afternoon to Sunday morning does not encompass three days and three nights. His prophecy failed. Uh, Gee, John 3.13, Jesus falsely stated, No man has ascended to the heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. This one, I remember reading this one two and a half years or three years ago. even did a show about this, I believe. And it's, it struck me as hypocrisy or confusion. And, uh, here we go. This version, this this verse is not only inaccurate historically as 2nd King 2.11 shows. 2nd King 2.11, quote, Behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and a horse of fire and part of them both asunder and Elijah's went up by a world went into heaven in a cold, but also but also observed observe on his face on its face. If the Son of Man Jesus is down here on earth speaking then how could he be in heaven?
1: Yep. Well,
0: that's a good place to stop. I got a feeling I'm going to make an awful lot of people angry. And I didn't mean to, but I don't mean to. Uh, It's the price you pay for digging deeper into things. Not much you can do about it. I mean, you can you could. You could just not uh, investigate, but...